Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Royals podcast in association with the Reading Chronicle. I am Matt Williamson and alongside me is Matt Joy from the Chronicle. How are you doing, Matt? I'm very well, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not doing too badly. Lockdown seems like it might be easing soon. The sun's coming out on some of the days anyway, so yeah, things are looking up. Yeah, everything seems to be looking a little bit brighter now. And, And especially when Reading keep winning games. Um, was Tuesday the definition of Pauno's warrior spirit? It seems to me that that second half was just, it, it kind of defines the season in a way. Yeah, it was a real sort of back to the wall showing, um, especially with Morrison's injury in the first half. Uh, Tom Holmes, I thought, slotted in fantastically off the bench. And yeah, I thought in the first half, Reading were really, really good, especially for a sort of half an hour spell leading up to Morrison's injury. I thought the passing was crisp, the movement was good. And I really liked how Pushkas played. Um, and then the second half, we saw the other side of Reading where it was really sort of digging in and grinding out results. As we saw uh, last weekend, obviously against Rotherham, quite similar. Um, perhaps Rotherham were a bit more direct and a bit more sort of route one. But um, no, it would be a, a massive confidence boost, obviously, after a, a patchy run of form to grind out a couple of wins like that, get two clean sheets is, is just the tonic for a, a dip in form. Uh, you touched on Pushkas coming in. He was obviously one of the brighter points I think um but it necessitated a change in formation do you think that really worked in the second like we seem to change at half time to go a bit more defensive but obviously we got we'd got the goal by that point mm, I think it certainly worked with Puskas I thought it was one of the best games I've seen from him for a long time obviously he's had a, his issues with injuries but I thought he was he was brilliant his work rate was phenomenal uh on the ball he was really good showed some really nice touches showed some great composure in front of goal obviously to to get the all-important uh, goal in the first half. Yeah, I thought it, it did work given um, given the injuries. It was sort of a forced change, but it was nice to see that there was a plan B because I think that's perhaps something that you could argue throughout this season that Reading maybe have lacked and that may be because of injuries and, and sort of restrictions in terms of personnel. But there was a, a it was a different style, especially in the first half, and it did work really well, I thought. Um, if you're going to get the best out of George Pushkas, that's how you're going to get the best out of him, playing him with someone. You can't leave him isolated in the same way that you can leave someone like Lucas Zhao isolated. And um, that's definitely playing to his strength. But then again, I thought even his hold-up play was was really, really good. I thought he looked strong, he looked brave, and he looked very confident. And it was, it was really good to see. Uh, does that mean maybe that we'll see Zhao being rested? I know you said like maybe Pushkas isn't a lone striker, but... Zhao has played so much football and has been so brittle the last few seasons that we're surely going to have to give him a rest at some point. Yeah, and on paper, if you're going to rest him Saturday's game or tomorrow's game may not be the worst. Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday on a dismal run of form, they have had the new manager come in. But on paper, you would have thought that if if ever you're going to back Reading on your accumulator, it might be tomorrow. So... It might not be a bad idea. I think it might also depend on Yaku Mate, whether he's back in in action. Speaking to Panovic after the game on uh, on Tuesday night, he said that he was about a week behind George Pushkas at that point. So obviously it, it might come a little bit too soon for, for Mate. He may may play a role off the bench. Only time will tell at this point. Um, it might not be the worst idea, I think, or it perhaps... It perhaps may be a, an idea to give him half a game or, or have him on the bench to to make that impact. But I do think in the last couple of games, he has looked a bit jaded. He has looked a bit off the pace. He, he looks a lacking confidence in a, a little bit. 
um, without meaning to be too critical of him because without his goals, obviously we'd be nowhere near where we are in the table. But yeah, he, he's he's had a little dip and perhaps taking him out the firing line uh, and starting Pushkas from the off may may come into Poundovich's mind. It's certainly after Tuesday's performance is, is more likely, I'd say. Uh, you never put Reading in an accumulator. I don't care what the opposite. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think Lucas Zhao, he obviously is one of the main reasons why we're here. So it, it is hard to say too many bad things about him. But as you say, he, he, I think the worst part about him is when he starts playing badly, the body language does just drop off a cliff. Like you can see that he's frustrated where it, other players, you might not get that. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think... In fairness against Rotherham, I thought, even though he did waste a couple of good chances, one at the front post and one where he sort of got a chip all wrong, I actually thought his application was was spot on. I thought he was really good. He was making the right runs. It just didn't come off for him that day. But then in the second half on Tuesday night, you were noticing players sort of chasing down from the midfield and they were running past Zhao to, to close down the, the defenders high up and press them high up the pitch. And Zhao just looked... He didn't have that same sort of the work around the energy that some of his teammates did. And that that could be down to a bit of personal frustration. It could be down to just a sheer, the, the magnitude of games that he's featured in. There, It's probably an amalgamation of all those factors, but it, it might not be the worst idea. Because I do agree that when, either when he's marked out of the game or, or closely monitored, or when he's perhaps missed a couple of chances, if there is one criticism of him, it would probably be, you're right, that, the head drops and the body language and the application does suffer as a result, but um, take nothing away from him. Obviously he, he's been brilliant this year and every, every player is allowed a, a little dip and that this is, this is his at the moment, I'd say. So one change that we know will be made for Saturday is because of that Morrison injury. Uh, do you think that Holmes stays there or do you think McIntyre comes in and we shift more across or a third option that I haven't thought of? Um, I think you could probably make an argument for both. I think, obviously, that quartet of Morrison, Rinomota, Moore and uh, Laurent in the middle of the pitch has been a reason for Reading's success this year. They're, they're so good in that quartet. You could you could probably make an argument for either McIntyre or Moore. I thought McIntyre was good off the bench playing in midfield uh, just to shore up, that, shore up that midfield on Tuesday. Holmes played really well, slipped in really well. I think it's probably, as I said earlier, it's probably a bit dependent on Yaku Mate. If he comes in on the wing, you might that would free up another space in the team. I think you could maybe argue that I think Alpha Samada certainly looks better in that defensive midfield. So I think I would keep him there and that, that frees up McIntyre. So I think it, it's very much a, a toss of a coin. You could probably make an argument. I thought both fullbacks were really good. On uh, on Tuesday night, I wouldn't want to see either of those drop out, especially Omar Richards. I thought he had a brilliant, brilliant game. So I wouldn't want to see uh, the, the fullback switch over. I think Yeardom and, and Richards give Reading a little bit more going forward uh, on the overlap. So, yeah, you, you could probably make a, a justifiable case for either. Uh, but I think I think I think Holmes will probably get the nod purely based on on his performance on Tuesday. I also think like Panovic likes to use McIntyre almost as a utility player. Uh, other than that stretch where he's been at centre-back, at uh, the back end of last year, he's playing in midfield, you know, coming off the bench uh, quite a lot. So I wonder if that will go in home's favour, at least for this weekend. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, that's a, a very good point. I think, yeah, McIntyre can do a job at sort of left back. He can do a job in defensive midfield. And and if Reading are have if the game goes in a similar way to the last two, where it gets a little bit tense late on, having that extra option to shore up the defence off the bench or shore up the midfield as it may end up being, might might sway Panovic's decision. Well, especially I think because Lauren is. Reading have three players that in the top 10 minutes played of outfield players. That's a big mouthful. But those three are uh, Morrison, Rinomota and Lauren. And obviously two of those are now out with an injury. I wonder if that's going to sway Paunovic to try and rest Laurent more than he's done. Not to make this podcast all about resting players, but it, it does feel like we're at that stage of, of our campaign now. Yeah, uh, obviously there is... A little caveat to that would be that there is a free week next week. Obviously, there's no Tuesday game. So you get through Saturday's game injury free and then there's a longer period to to maybe work a couple of the players back. Obviously, we've got players like Lewis Gibson nearing a return as well. So there, there may be a, an idea to, to to rest those players, but it's, it would be a very, very tough decision to take Josh Lauren out of that team because throughout this year, he's played a lot of minutes and he's barely put a foot wrong, I would say, you know, in the whole campaign. So he's a very integral part. But then again, if if you're going to pick any areas at the moment where not that you don't mind having injuries, but if you said two, two players are going to get injured, what positions that, you know, what positions would you pick if you had to pick? You'd probably say defensive midfield and, and centre back, because that's probably where Reading are strongest in terms of, in terms of their depth. Yeah, for sure. I guess we should probably touch on the opposition as well. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday last time out was obviously a frustrating evening back in early December, I think. Uh, since then, they've changed manager twice, I think. Uh, firing Pulis, they had a, uh, a uh, temporary manager for about a month and then Darren Moore's come in. Do we think that they'll have a new manager bounce? Well, he's obviously had his first game on Tuesday, which I think it was a 97th minute defeat against Rotherham if memory serves me correct I think it was about that time on the on the clock so you can't look into you know a manager's success after one game obviously but that's definitely a, a level of frustration I, that he would have probably felt for that I did speak with a, a reporter who covers uh, Sheffield Wednesday and he said that despite the league positioning the chance creations got a bit better there looks like there's a bit more there's a bit more in attack and that's it seems to be the, the sort of message that I was I was getting from him would be if Sheffield just went there, could get their way out of trouble, it's it's going to be through converting more of the chances and, and trying to outscore teams as opposed to sitting back. So, yeah, they might have the bounce. I think Darren Moore's a very, very good manager. Um, I think he deserves a, deserves a shot at a big club like Sheffield Wednesday. Whether it's come a bit too late for him to save them this year, only time will tell. But um, I, I definitely don't think that I don't think it'll be as easy, is it? But having, despite having said what I said about the accumulator earlier, I think it will be a, it'll be a tough game. I don't think Reading should underestimate them. Sounds like what they really need is someone like Lucas Zhao up front. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that it's funny how football works, isn't it? Yeah, or that perhaps they may need a a referee who's somewhat lenient on handball decisions as well, because we we've seen how that can work in in their favour this year. Yes, for sure. Um, <laughs> I think the the only worry that I have going into that game is Reading have struggled to break teams down that kind of sit back. It, it sounds like Sheffield Wednesday aren't going to do that as much as under Pulis. Well, they're obviously not going to do that as much as <laughs> they were under Pulis. But 
uh, yeah, I, I'm just. I think the Wickham result is still going to be in people's minds, um, obviously. And there's just there's always a worry with Reading that the easy games are the ones that we don't necessarily make full full uh, effect of. Yeah, they, they, I fully agree with your point about um, Reading struggling sometimes to break teams down. Perhaps that might lend a. Uh, Len Panovic's decision to go for the two up top because it might give you a, a, another or an alternative option. Um, but yeah, especially when play, when teams come sit back and, and camp in, try and catch Reading on the break, it, it it can sometimes be a worry. But then again, I, I thought um, I haven't been particularly impressed with them over the last few games leading up to the, the recent wins. But I thought Michael Elisa and Ovi Azaria both had good games, uh, especially Azaria. I thought he was really really good on Tuesday and. If there's any players in this championship that you'd back to one pick a defence, those two would probably be right up at the top of the list. So Reading will have the the strength in their side to do it. And especially if Mate comes back, it, it certainly gives you a an alternative option, another another point of attack and a, another avenue that we can go down. So I think I, I would be more com- I'm I'm relatively confident as I am uh as as things stand going into the game. But I think should I see Mate's uh, name on the team sheet I, I think I might feel even more so so the only other thing to really touch on is it seems like Omar Richards transfer to Munich has been finalized now uh, Panovic didn't really want to be drawn on it um, after the game on Tuesday how do you think it will change the dynamic of the squad or do you think he'll try and look to bring more of the youngsters through or will we just see Omar Richards play out the season there I think he'll play out the season. Um, I asked Panovic about it on Tuesday, as you alluded to, and safe to say he wasn't best pleased that I asked the question after a win, but that is my job. So it was a bit of a snappy reply, but the, the basic gist was, you know, as long as the application's there, as long as you know the, he, he's working for the side, and as long as he's given 100%, there's going to be no doubt in Panovic's mind that he will play Omar Richards, and I think he'd be a fool not to. I mean, he's been arguably one of the best left-backs in the league or not arguably, he has been one of the best back left-backs in the league this year. And there's nothing, this saga's been going on for you know a couple of months now and his performance level hasn't really dropped during that time. There's nothing to suggest it, it would do. So, yeah, I think you'd be a fool to, to take him out. And I think it's not, the thing, the thing is with Omar Richards as well, that it's not a case of he wants out because he's unhappy at the club. Sometimes, you, you know, you, players will clearly not, want to be at the club, they'll have their head turned and it'll be a case of, okay, maybe that's not the most sensible idea to give them a go. But with Omar Richards, it's a brilliant move for him if it goes ahead and you could no one could blame him for doing it. And I'm sure every Reading fan would wish him all the best. But until then, he's going to want to continue to uh, to impress because let's be honest, with Alfonso Davis at, at Bayern Munich, he's got probably the stiffest competition of any young left back in the world at the moment. So there's going to be no doubt, or there is no doubt in my mind that he'll want his performance levels to to remain at the heights that they've been this year for the the remainder of the season, no matter what happens come the summer. So the only other thing, Matt, is what is your prediction for Saturday? I think uh, I think Reading will win. Uh, I, I'm going to. I'm relatively confident that it'll be a third clean sheet on the spin as well. I think I've been very impressed with the defence in the last couple of games, so I'm going to go two or three nil. Oh, that is bold. I'm not sure we've won many games 3-0 this year. Yeah, I think I went one or two now. 
So well, I think uh, if we settle, we we can split the difference if we both collectively go two 0 Yeah, I think that's a yeah. fair, that's a fair shout. I think that'll work. Um, thanks very much, Matt. Um, My pleasure. Coming up next, I chat with Peter from the Owls About Stat podcast about Sheffield Wednesday. I'm here with Peter from the Owls About Stat podcast. How are you doing, Peter? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm not doing too badly, thank you. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday have had a an interesting season. How, how is it going for you? Uh, I think interesting is, uh, is a euphemism at this point. Um even even at the, at the club with so much craziness going on, this this season really takes a biscuit. Um, and I think someone on Twitter today likened it to uh, to being to to uh, to the scene in Shawshank Redemption where where Andy Dufresne has to swim through a river of uh, fecal matter uh, to get through to the end, and and it feels like we're stuck in that tunnel swimming. Um, so so we, we're looking forward to uh, to going to the uh, to the nice beach in in Mexico. Um, at some point, I don't know if that will have it will ever happen, but yeah, interesting is is a. Uh, I, I think you will find more expletive laden uh, versions of of uh, of uh, season descriptions from from Winston fans in general. Well, so staying on the uh, prison break metaphor, do you think you're going to escape, or do you think that someone's going to drag you back in? Uh, it's. Um, uh, I, I'm quite beholden to uh, to the uh, the law of numbers, uh, as, as will come as no surprise. But I think it's 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 really hard to say. Um, the problem is we, we tend to play badly against teams that are down at the bottom, and and tend to do better against the better teams, um, teams up towards the top. Um, so the fixture list might actually favour us in that regard. Um, but it's. A betting man would bet against us staying up, but um, and the only really hope I have is that we tend to have like a Jekyll and Hyde uh, thing going on for us. So, so every time we play really poorly, we we might actually play quite well the next game. So it's not like we we get we don't tend to get stuck in um, in in playing terribly uh, all the time. But it's uh, when when we go a goal down, for instance. That'll often um, deflate the balloon uh, for us, and, and we just down tools. We, we've, I think we've, we're up to, I think it's one or two goals we've scored when we've uh, when we've conceded first this season, um, and we've lost uh, all thirteen games where we've conceded first this season. So that tells you something about the issues we have, um, and and uh, it's it's a mentality issue, and it and really it's it's been here for. Probably on on the on the good side of, of four years now. Um, so yeah, interesting. I think it, yeah, yeah. I think this seems to be a recurring theme. It's not really being able to get back from a goal down. I wonder how much that has to do with the lack of fans, not having anyone in Hillsborough to kind of g g up the team when they go a goal behind is affecting them. I think you're right about that, um, and I, I um, actually had a conversation with uh, Jay Sosik, uh, Blitz Analytic, on, on Twitter at one point about uh, this lack of fans affecting uh, the two Sheffield teams more than other teams, maybe because we tend to rely on 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 the rush of the uh, blood to the head that, that a crowd there uh, creates, and and even though uh, Hillsborough on, on its on its day, it can be the, the the most wonderful place in the world, and and it, it will wow um, even hardened uh, football um, reporters and, and what have you. But when when things are tough, we don't tend to be fans who who rally the team. We tend to be uh, 
bit of a chuntering mass of um, of uh, expletive shouting uh, angry men. Um, so, so in some ways, it shouldn't actually work in our favor uh, uh, that that if, if we got fans back. But I think it is. I think it's taking a toll on the players mentally. I think it's. We can just liken it to our own lives. I mean, I've I've been stuck working at home from home uh, for the past year. Um, on coming up in, a week from now, I've I've been stuck at home for for a year, and I've been in work for about five days a, a full year. The players have been going through similar things, and I think you you can't underestimate the the mental toll that the the, uh, the pandemic is having on the players, and having on them having to to play in games which are glorified preseason friendlies, and it's forty six of them, and it's every four days. It must be extremely taxing and when you then have a team like ours which uh, tend to uh, tend to rely on on external events to to create a stronger mentality uh, when those external events go against them they they they, they don't have the uh, the wherewithal to to bounce back from that um, so in that regard we do miss the fans um, especially away from home actually I think because we, we tend to be very vocal when, when we're away from home and it tends to rouse the players uh, more than, than when we're at home and I think the other thing that players like is a sense of stability, uh, which does not appear to be the case at Sheffield Wednesday. You're on your effectively fourth manager, with mm -hmm. three of those being permanent. Uh, why why has that happened? And do you think that uh, the new manager is going to help turn things around? Or is it a more systemic problem than that? It's definitely a systemic problem, uh, and it um, and to be quite blunt, it's it's a systemic problem that has a root at the top. Um, the chairman, uh, in my opinion, has been found uh, wanting in the decisions made, in his ability to reflect on the decisions made, and in his ability to to delegate and realize his own shortcomings and incompetence uh, in in various regards of of, um, of running a football club. Uh, most successful leaders uh, in all walks of life, the, the the reason they're successful is that they know their own uh, limitations. So they they you always want someone better than you at doing stuff in your business. Uh, our owner, Devin Chansiri, insists on micromanaging everything. It's uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if if the, the number of toilet rolls bought by the club for for, for match days is is also something that has to be signed off by Devin Chansiri. And, and what that does is it creates a culture all the way through the club that uh, that means when we get into these sorts of situations with the, with the first team squad, there there isn't really a strong culture um, outside of the of, uh, of of the of the chairmanship that that will that will help the club through these uh, crises. Um, and and there there is there's little uh, little idea what will happen six months down the line. Um, the, the really good clubs, the well-run clubs, clubs like Brentford, for instance, they will already already know two, three, maybe even four transfer windows uh, into the future, which players they're going to look out for, whether they become available at, at, a, at an affordable price and so on. And they have an idea of how they will fit into the way they play. Our, our mode of uh, function is, is really to... Um, yeah, and buy a luxury ticket, and it, it's 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 um, it's become even more pronounced this season um, because Tinsiri decided, uh, for some odd reason, to to hire Tony, hire Tony Pulis uh, reportedly uh, uh, on on exorbitant wages of, of two million a year uh, on a three year deal. Um, I, I really hope those rumours aren't true, but but you you wouldn't bet against it. 
And you could uh, even an, an, a professional uh, fan idiot uh, as me could could see that Tony Pulis and this squad of players we have would not work because we do not have strong defensive players. We we need to be playing having the ball away from our from our own defense as, as much as possible and and try to outscore the uh, the opponent. Uh, so, it, for some, if we had hired Darren Moore. Um, Back in November, when 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 uh, Gary Monk was sacked and and um, and Tony Pulis was brought it brought in, it would have would have been something that would have uh, given me some confidence in, in we're doing the right thing. But now it feels like like it it could easily be too little, too late. Um, and and obviously a lot of, of opinion on it is we we've this it's the first time actually that Chancery has hired a manager who's who is not unemployed but but who who he has had to play uh, compensation for. And there's a lot of, of opinions. Uh, being that that is a manager from from League One, he knows League One. So if we go down, he he will be able to to rebuild us. Um, I, I look at it positively. If, if you see, look at his his history, he 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 had an immediate impact at uh, at at uh, West Bromwich uh, in, in the Premier League and nearly kept them up against all odds. Um, at Doncaster, he came in and and Doncaster weren't weren't actually uh, weren't a, a, a well equipped ship at that top, at, at that point. And he ch he actually changed around quite a lot quite quickly, and he he um, get, got them playing the way he wanted to, and it's it's a way that is uh, obviously pleasing on the eye. But um, this this old this discussion about playing defensively to, to because uh, you win more games, uh, I don't buy that. You you play the way that that favors the squad you have, and the squad we have, the players we have, um, Izzy Brown, Barry Bannon, uh, Adam Reach. If you get those players working. Uh, quick one-touch passes around the box, you will create chances, which we did um, yesterday, uh, despite the results. Um, so, so my big hope is that, that even if we don't go, uh, go, uh, do go down, um, there are more will be able to rebuild the squad from scratch um, because a lot of players will be out of contract in the summer. So we will be able to, to, and I wouldn't actually want us to um, to go hell for leather uh, to go go straight back up. But we need to do a proper rebuild and have young, hungry players in that can change the culture of the club because that is the only way we get the systemic change that is needed and the only way that we have uh, to be to be a bit dramatic uh, Asia for Wednesday to support um, five years down the line. Given all that you've said, do you expect Darren Moore to get the opportunity to rebuild if you do go down? Or do you think the owner will make another slightly rash decision? I, I would... Yeah, I would it's it's hard to, to second-guess what the different series does. Um, it often seems like he uh, he works... I think the two guiding lines of his of his decision-making are, are spite and pride. Um, and in pride is also the, the term honour. So he doesn't like people not respecting him, uh, and it's it's a very authoritarian way of respect. Um, it's not a it's not a it's not a, a mutual thing uh, with him. Uh, and and uh, the spite thing uh, is probably is pro pro often pronounced in how he he will he will um, be quite petulant in his criticism of fans and 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 how. Uh, He's actually blamed fans for for the fact that we've lost sponsorship contracts because of how uh, negative we've been on social media, for instance, stuff like that. So, so it's uh, it's hard to second guess what he will do in the event of a relegation. My biggest hope uh, is that he will sell the club, uh, and he will sell the club to um, to an owner unlike himself, and an owner who is more is more of a, of a of a of a guy who who 
does not have uh, endless um, amounts of money, but who who is able to to subsidize uh, a rebuild of the club, so we become borderline sustainable financially. Because with the fan base we have, we that is absolutely possible, um, and we stop uh, uh, paying stupid money for 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 uh, underperforming players, which we've done for the for the past four years. So, so my dream scenario, if we do go down, um, and uh, every cloud is still lining and all that, um, is that we that is the end of of Dave and ownership of of Sheffield Wednesday. But I'm, I think he will stick. Uh, I think he'd rather the club liquidates than he than than him admit, admitting he's not doing properly uh, what doing doing to the club what he what he should be doing or, or being successful with the club. Um, so, so it's. It, it could get quite ugly, and and uh, I've seen more than one pe- person, uh, and I've I've had this, this sort myself, um, like in our situation to um, to how it was at, at Blackpool after they uh, were relegated from the Premier League. Uh, I really hope we don't go there, but you never know. So, Darren Moore, I would really really hope we we stick with him because uh, I can see a lot of um, I can see a lot of positives um, in having him as manager, and and as I said, he's 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 both he, he's likely to both be uh, be quite um, effective quickly but he's also someone who's definitely able to to build and mold a team and a squad around the ideas of playing he has and recruit the correct players to to fit the way he plays and, and not with um, with big signings but but finding uh, finding players uh, that are underappreciated in the market so we focused on the negatives are there any positives to take from the season uh, has has anyone played well or Yes, uh, interestingly, the uh, probably one of the only positives, um, and, and uh, some Wednesday fans will be annoyed that I'm, I'm highlighting him because apparently, uh, when when a player does not sign a new contract, he's no longer any good for a team. But Liam Shaw has been been excellent after he uh, he came into the team, uh, and and credit to Tony Pulis, it was uh, it was him who introduced him quite quickly after he came in into the team. Um, and and uh, obviously, as the, as the way goes, Wednesday uh, we'd not sorted out a contract offer for him quickly enough. So when he started playing well in the first team, obviously, uh, Chansiri claims that that is when when he started in the first, and that is when other teams were began circling around. But if if you just if you if you have the merest um, sort of network within recruitment circles and and people who who work in that sort of business. You'll know that a player like Liam Shaw, he 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 had been on the radar of of uh, even Premier League clubs uh, when he played for our under 23s as well. So so it's not a case of of a sudden ascent to to um, to stardom and 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 then his head being turned by by a big club like Celtic. It's it's a case of of him looking at the chips uh, on 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 the table and and seeing Sheffield Wednesday perhaps without a manager at the time, by the way, uh, on the way to, to League One. Uh, with an ownership that is uh, borderline chaotic, um, and then looking at Celtic, a club that is bound to play in Europe uh, just about every season, that will, when fans are back, have uh, 50, 60 people, uh, 50, 60,000 people in, in stadiums. Um, that is a proper big club, um, which we unfortunately aren't anymore. Uh, so, so it's it, it, people are. are yeah, holding it against him because he's 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 a Wednesday and um, he played he's played for the Cops since he was seven or eight I think, um, so it's 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 a real damning indictment of of Wednesday where we are that we cannot keep a player like Liam Shaw who's who's been who has a lot of potential and seems to have his uh, his feet on the floor as well um, 
so that's one of the only on, one of the only rates of, of of light, I would say, because we've we've relied on the same old um, same old nucleus of, of the team that, that we've we've relied on since uh, yeah five years ago, Kieran Westwood, uh, Barry Bannon, Tom Lees, uh, and now we've got Sam Hodgson back as well. Um, so it's like the old guard is back, but but uh, we're dropping like a stone with the old guard. So um, put two two together. If the culture is not right, if the mentality is lacking, and you're playing the same players and you're having the same issues. Maybe some, there's something with the uh, so-called culture bearers that is not uh, positive. And uh, finally, coming up to this weekend, what do you expect from the game and what's your score prediction? Uh, it's it's hard. Reading, uh, Reading are really good at being uh, just just good enough uh, to be better than the opposition. And, and that goes a long, long way in the championship to, to be able to do that consistently. Uh, it's not a wow team uh, in any uh, sense, and it's not to be uh, to be derogatory about, uh, about your team. But you, you've you've managed to to do what we should do: get the most out of the the playing squad you have. Um, and you have a very you seem to have a very um, divided, uh, a very clear division of labor inside the team. There is a defensive block and there's an attacking block. Um, and and you try to get the you try to win the ball in the defensive block, and then you try to give the ball to the attacking block, and and then they do their stuff. Um, and then you've also, um, as far as I've seen, you've, you've also been quite effective from set pieces, which we've struggled to defend against in recent months. So, so that's one big worry for me that we will concede from from a corner or, or, or an indirect free kick um, uh, early in the game. Because if, as I said, if if you get the first goal um, with the record you have defending first goals um, and the record you have eking out uh, narrow wins um, and the record we have uh, of not coming back. Uh, the, the equaliser we scored yesterday, the on goal, was the second equaliser we've scored all season. That's a staggering statistic for, for any team, and it just it just smacks of of of, uh, of the of the shortcomings we have. So it's if Reading are patient, I think the key word for uh, teams playing Wednesday is to be patient because we we will probably come out of the traps in the first twenty minutes and expend all our, all the energy we have because we we're not an energetic team naturally. So if you just like like a boxer in the first four rounds, if you just uh, roll with the punches um, for the first four rounds, and then you can start to see look at a tired opponent, and you can you can more easily knock them out. Um, and and the, the transitions you seem to have, um, and the um, the ability to shoot from range uh, with accuracy, uh, including our our good old friend uh, Lucas Shaw, um, means that we we will be up against it, and and. My only real hope is that we tend to to perform better against teams where we are not expected to play well against. So the teams where we are expected to beat or expected to to at least get a draw get a draw with, we tend to struggle. But teams where we we are up against it or, or people don't expect us to do well, we tend to do better. So that's my only really hope. So I'm hoping for um, we we really need a win with with the uh, <laughs> with, with the point situation. But but I would be I would be satisfied with a with a one one draw for instance, and I can see that happening. But I'm fearing a, a, a one-goal uh, defeat. Well, that's uh, positive for us, I think. I think I'll go for a one-goal win as well. We seem to be dealing in those at the moment. Uh, Peter, thank you very much, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. You too. Thanks for having me on. Thanks.